like for us to stand together. And I've been going through a series on Psalm 100. We're just going to say it together. And then we will get into the message for today. So, say this with me. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Psalm 100. It's a great psalm. We have uh, had gone through two parts. We'll go through the, the third and final part today. Part one, as we went through Psalm 100, uh, the, the main uh, focus on that week was choose to rejoice. Amen. Choose to rejoice. It's not something that accidentally happens. We choose to rejoice. Part two was serve the Lord with gladness. You know that the Lord, He is God. is He who has made us, not we ourselves. And we serve the Lord with gladness. And today, we're going to go through, choose, excuse me, choose to be thankful. Choose to be thankful. Aren't you thankful we're going to go through this? It's a choice. Choose to be thankful. Let's look at that part of the psalm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, this, this psalm is, is basically um, kind of instructions for a corporate worship service when people come together. To worship, and it's giving instruction. This would be a psalm that they would say. And actually, Psalms, the book of Psalms, is songs for worship. That's the songs that they would sing for worship. And uh, when the Israelites would come together through the gates into the temple courts, these instructions were to do it with thankfulness. To do it with thankfulness, and. Uh, do you think we should do that? Amen. You know, when we get together on a Sunday, should we should we enter in the church with thankfulness? Okay, all right. I, I believe you. Um, we don't want to enter... Uh, we don't want to enter as spectators. There's a difference between a spectator and a participator, right? There's a difference. And a, a spectator will come into the sanctuary and they will just kind of want to see how the worship service is today. I hope there's a good worship service today. You know, to kind of evaluate it. Or they're going to be hoping that the pastor is more interesting this week than last week. I mean, amen. that's... Yeah, amen. I appreciate that. <laughs> Spectators are kind of evaluating what's going on. But participators are a part of what's going on. 
And when we come to a, a service where we, we come together and worship God and we're participating, yes. it's awesome. Yes. Which is what was happening this morning. You were participating together in worshiping God. You, you know, you came with an attitude that I'm going to worship the Lord today. Yes. You know, I, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to be thankful to be in church today. I can see it on your faces. They're just beaming with smiles and they're just radiating out. Look at the person next to you and look. It's amazing how, how they're smiling right now. Just glad to be in church. Amen. They expect to hear from God. Do you come to church expecting to hear from God? Yes. My experience has been that those who have come to church expecting to hear from God, they do. And those who come to church wondering if they'll hear from God, they don't always. Yet they can both be sitting in the same service. There's some, it's, we want to, we want to uh, participate. But entering into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise, if we only apply that to our corporate worship time, that's like once or twice a week. The week is bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Sunday morning is a brief period of time. I know sometimes you think it isn't, but it's a brief period of time throughout this whole week. And there's, there's another aspect that I just want to share today. And that is that we have a uh, personal worship time also. There's, there's the one where we're all together, which is really special. I mean, I love that time when we're together worshiping God. But there's also that time that is personal and private that you enter into God's gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Well, where's that at? It can be a lot of different places. I enjoy family gatherings. And uh, we've had... Everyone was back this week, you know. Uh, Nathan, Josh, Lindsay, uh, the whole family was together this week. And, and it was fun all being together. And, you know, one morning I got up and I go out into the living room and there's Josh. Josh doesn't even live in our house anymore. But there he is. He's, he's just sitting on the sofa there. And I'm just like, wow, what a surprise. But evidently he came over that night and spent time with Nathan and stayed. And it was just kind of a, it was just good. It was just good. But I also like to spend time just with Lori. It's good for the family to all be together. But sometimes, well, a lot of times, I just want to spend time with her. And then I just want to spend time with Lindsay and with Josh and with Nathan separately. God wants to do that with us. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Into His courts with praise. Let's do that when we come together on Sunday. But you know what? God wants to meet with you Monday. He does. And Tuesday. And Wednesday. Thursday, Friday. Maybe even Saturday. And you can enter into that time with thanksgiving and praise also. Let's um, look at the words of Jesus here. Matthew 6, verse 6. He was talking about some people were praying in public just to be seen, you know, get attention. But he was saying, no, there's a private aspect to this relationship with God. Yes, there's a public part, but there's a private part. And he said, but when you pray, 
Go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Your room may be your car. Your room may be whatever, but go into that place where it's just you and Him. I read a story about a lady that raised, oh goodness, I don't know, she had several children. And this is a long time ago. Anyway, she loved God and she was raising her kids, but she never had any private time. This is like a small one-room house, whatever. And so she would throw a blanket over her head. And that was her time with God. (laughs) And the kids knew, Mom's spending time with God right now. She's sitting in her chair with a blanket over her head. (laughs) So that that was her private place. Whatever. Whatever. Go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. But I encourage you, do it with thanksgiving. Do it with thanksgiving. Meet with the Lord with a thankful heart. Now there are things we need to pray about and there are concerns that we have. I'm not saying we ignore those. But we'll, we'll look at a couple verses here that we'll, we'll talk about that. Colossians 4.2 Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourself to spending time with your God. Bringing concerns and things to Him and praying about things that you know need to be... God says, I want that to be a part of your life. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and... And thankful. Watchful means you're kind of aware of what's going on. And there are... You know, it can be perilous times. They can be at at times. And so you're watchful, but you're also thankful. Watchful and thankful. The next verse I have up there, Philippians 4, 6, 6 and 7. One of my favorites. I love this verse. Do not be anxious about anything. So, if you're anxious about something right now, the Lord would say to you, Don't be anxious about that. Now, he doesn't say ignore it. He says just don't be anxious about it. But come to him. Listen, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with, what's that next word? With thanksgiving. There can be big issues in your life that are really concerns. And God, you know, He wants us to pray about those things, but He doesn't want us to just drop off the thankfulness part of our life. Pray about those things, but do it with thankfulness. How can you do that? Father, I thank You that You care. Father, I thank You that You hear these prayers. I thank You that You're doing things. I may not see them right now. But I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I walk by trusting You. You know what I'm saying? Pray with thankfulness. And then uh, the uh, promise, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. And your minds, which to me is almost the bigger issue, the mind, okay? Guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Meet with your God. You can talk about anything with Him. But don't leave out the thankfulness. That's a huge aspect of it. Because when we tack the thankfulness on, that's when the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's a realm of trust. So, I've talked about 
corporate entering in with thankfulness in corporate worship. I've talked about entering thankfulness even in your private time. But I'm just going to expand it to a whole other area. And let's just say, let's enter each day with thankfulness. Do you think I can back that up with a scripture? (laughs) You know, you have probably heard me give messages on being thankful a few times. But it's because I want to live a life of being thankful. I really do. And if I have to do it, I figure you should too. So that's why you're getting it also. I want us to live a life of thankfulness. You know? So let's just look at uh, another verse up there. Ephesians 5, 19, starting in the middle of verse 19. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Do you ever just do that? You're just singing to the Lord. It's awesome. Some of us do it in the shower. Some of us do wherever. If I saw some of you driving, I would probably see you singing while you're driving, okay? But it says, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for... Everything. Everything. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Now, I realize that what you're going through right now isn't included in that. Are you sure? Okay, I'll study that out more later. (laughs) Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This This is like a lifestyle thing. God is saying... I want, I want to help you. I want to teach you. I want to lead you into being thankful. Right. Let's look at a couple other things here. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, I did that when I was 18. You know, it's happened, to, I don't know what time it happened in your life, but I got to that point where I said, man, I need God. You know, I just need God. And, and uh, I heard about Jesus, that he died for my sins, and that I could have a new life in him, and he would forgive me, and I embraced it. I said, okay, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. If you'll forgive me and give me a new life, I want to walk with God. And, and he did. God was faithful. So that just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Continue walking with him. Rooted and built up in him, this relationship you have with him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, when you're living a life that's really focused on Jesus and walking with Him, that's when the overflow comes. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just say thankful, you know, I'm thankful on purpose. I don't necessarily feel it, but I'm just thankful on purpose. But the more I just focus on Jesus and walking with Him and Him leading me and he's, I just you know, embrace it, He's with me all the time, there's an overflow that comes. Overflowing with thankfulness. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Be joyful. Oh, let's say that again. Be joyful. Always. Pray. Give thanks in... Are you in a circumstance? So what should you do? Give thanks. Which day of the week? You guys are sharp. You are sharp. 
What's God's will for my life? I don't know what His will is. Well, His will is to be joyful. And that takes God, okay, <laughs> to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances. That is God's will for our lives in Christ Jesus. If our life is in Christ Jesus, that's His, that's his will for us. So, the first point in today's last uh, phase of the message, enter His gates with thanksgiving. The second point is almost a repeat, but that's okay. Be thankful to God. Be thankful to God. The next part of the psalm, be thankful to Him and bless His name. And then it lists reasons after that to be thankful. And it's not an exhaustive list by any means, but it's just listing things that we're thankful for. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Always. This passage in 1 Peter, chapter 2, it says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. And that's, the New King James would say, the milk of the Word in that instance. It's talking about God's Word. As, as a person who's given their life to Jesus, He's now in them, He's raised them to a new life. They're walking with the Lord. And uh, they, they're babies. But babies need to grow. I mean, if you guys came in with pacifiers, I'd be a little concerned. Babies need to grow. And he says that it's this, uh, this milk of the Word of God that helps you to grow. The crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You personally, yourself, have tasted that the Lord is good. At our church camp out, the first night of the church camp out, uh, I just kind of got there a little bit later, but uh, we were kind of wandering around from campsite to campsite. It's always good to to wander towards Clint and Patty's campsite because typically there's lots of food and things over there. So, you know, you eventually make your way there. And, uh, and uh, Clint had this big propane tank with a burner on it and this big vat. Okay, <laughs> it was a large container cooking some stuff. And what was it? Gumbo. gumbo. I've heard of gumbo. <laughs> but I've never tasted gumbo. I've just heard of it. And Clint invited me. Well, he invited everybody. Clint and Patty invited everybody to eat gumbo. And so I've heard of it. People have said it was good. I couldn't say that myself. I stayed there, tasted some. It was good. It was good. And I tasted some more. The further down it got to the bottom, the stronger it got. Man, it got spicier by the time you got to the bottom of that pot. I had to taste it. And I realized it is good. And scripture says, taste and see. But the Lord is good. You can't take somebody else's word for it. You, you've got to taste that yourself. And, uh, and that's an invitation to everybody. Before, before I was a Christian, 
you know, I did believe in God. I kind of believed in evolution too. So obviously I didn't put a lot of thought into things. But uh, I believed there was a God. But my mind, my concept of God was that He was pretty distant. And He saw everything. And that really wasn't good for me. Okay, that was kind of my mindset. And that He was keeping track of the times I messed up. Which probably kept Him quite busy. So I didn't have a healthy concept of God. I really didn't. But when I encountered him personally, when I, when I really met God, when he came into my life, when he, when he literally, by his precious Holy Spirit, came into my life, I began to realize he is good. Yes. He is good. He was not waiting to punish me for everything that I had done wrong that he'd kept track of, although he had kept track of that stuff. Scripture says he is, it's all written down. He was waiting for me to finally surrender to him and receive forgiveness and have him in my life instead of him being you know, distant from me. He's good. Psalm 100, it tells us to be, to be thankful for he is good. It goes on to say, His mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. Not just for other people. It's meant to be for you too. His mercy is everlasting. The word mercy there is translated steadfast love, unfailing love, Loving kindness, it's used all those ways in the scriptures. It's equivalent to the New Testament word grace. His mercy, His grace is everlasting. Did you need the mercy of God yesterday? Do you think you'll need it today? How about tomorrow? It's everlasting. It's everlasting. Let me read a fairly lengthy passage here. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. And uh, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he's kind of looking back at life before Jesus was uh, in their lives. He's looking back and then looking at now that Christ is in their lives. So he's comparing the two. Excuse me. He said, Once we too were foolish and disobedient. You know, God just doesn't candy coat stuff. He said, you know what, you were foolish and disobedient. We can argue with him, but truth is we were foolish and disobedient. We were misled by others and became slaves to many wicked desires and evil pleasures. Our lives were full of envy, of evil and envy. We hated others and they hated us. Not that everybody that doesn't know Jesus is full of hate, but we have sin. We have sin. Verse 4. But then... God, our Savior, showed us His kindness and love. Now that wasn't... It wasn't because we started trying to be good. We, we were what we were. Some people who don't have Jesus in their life try to be really good people. You know what I'm saying? They try to be really good people. But nobody's good enough to be declared righteous. No one is. 
But then God our Savior showed us His kindness and love. He saved us, not because of the good things we did, but because of His mercy. It's just His mercy. He said, I love them. I love them. And they are distanced from me because of the sin in their life. But I want to show them my mercy. Yes, their sins do need to be punished. Scripture tells us that sin will be punished. But I want to punish my son instead of them. Just mercy. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. Why did He send Him? To become the sacrifice for our sins. So that sin would be punished, but God would not have to punish us. Jesus would be raised to life again, and God would raise us to a new life with Christ in us, to walk with God over here on this earth. The mercy of God. He did none of those things because we were good enough. Have you ever tried to be really good? How many times have you said, I'll never do that again? Did you do it again? More than once. <laughs> okay. The mercy of God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then He helps us to become people who aren't falling into sin all the time. He actually helps us to overcome those temptations that used to always trip us up. He's working in our lives. The mercy of God. But then God our Savior showed us His kindness and love. He saved us not because of the good things we did, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. His Spirit came into us when we received Christ as our Savior. Oh, it's amazing. Be thankful to Him. And bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And the last one says, And His truth endures to all generations. His truth endures to all generations. God's truth isn't just for a select few. You know what I'm saying? It's for everybody. It's for this generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. It's for everybody. When I was uh, studying this, I wanted to just, I just put in the, root, the word truth to see how many times it was in the New Testament. I, I didn't want to go through the whole, whole scriptures, but in the New Testament and in the Gospels, oh my goodness, I didn't count it out how many times, but Jesus over and over and over again, he said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. He just kept repeating that constantly. And then there was these truths that would come out after that. Jesus, you know, ultimately, God wants His truth to make us more and more free. That's what truth is meant to do. To cause us to be more and more free in Him. Because we live with a lot of lies and a lot of thoughts in our head that aren't from God. And they mess us up. You know, and they get us, we get imaginations and all sorts of things rain in our mind. 
and, and God wants His truth to make us more free. And we become more free to love Him more. We become more free to serve Him with all of our heart instead of half-heartedly. We become more free to walk with our God. Let's just look at the words of Jesus here. James 8, or excuse me, John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed Him, they believed what He was saying. Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, if, not only you're hearing it, but if, if you will hang on to the things that I'm saying, you really are my disciples. You really are following me if you're holding on to the things that I'm saying. And then this is what will happen. Verse 32. Then you'll know the truth. You'll really know it. There's a difference between knowing something up here and knowing something down here. It starts off up here typically. But it works its way down here where there's a conviction. It's not a fact that you know in your head. It is now a conviction in your heart. You're walking by this thing. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus sets people free. Is it an easy process? No. It's a daily process. You and I didn't get messed up in a day. Okay. And yet we want everything to change in a day in a good way. You know, we did lots of just bad decisions and dumb things day after day after day that finally got us to where we were. Then Jesus, oh, I need you. And then he helps us day by day to start walking in this truth, hanging on to it, believing it, trusting it, and he works the stuff out in our life. Well, John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. You want life? Jesus said, I am life. You want to know the way to go? Jesus said, I am the way. Truth? I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. Every one of us in here. Some of you have motorhomes. Some of us have tents. I'm thankful for my tent. If you ever want to loan me your motorhome, I'll be thankful for that too. But just doing a little fishing here. <laughs> what you own does not determine how thankful you are. It doesn't. You know, it just doesn't. Have you ever gotten caught in that trap where you're just trying to get more and more and more and more? Was it all fulfilling? No. When I was younger, I had a, I had a truck. It was a really nice truck. And I had a motorcycle. It was a really nice motorcycle. I thought I needed a car just to round things out a little bit. So I got a car. I'm living by myself, okay? But, you, you know, you need a car, truck, and motorcycle. So I got all of that. You know, stuff, 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 stuff. I was single. I'll spend it on myself. It's not fulfilling. Amen. It really isn't. Thankfulness isn't... It, we don't learn to be thankful because we have lots of stuff. We don't learn to be thankful because everything's going smooth in our lives. 
What's the longest period of time that you can think of that everything went smooth in your life? Can you list that in years? Months? Or days? <laughs> in this world, you'll have tribulation. You know, Jesus said it, so I guess we just got to embrace it. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, there are trials. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We can have joy and we can be thankful even though this is not a perfect world and there's situations happening that we have to walk through. Psalm 100. Learning to live the Psalm 100 way. Let me just put the outline up there and then we will be done. Here we go. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Church, your own personal time with God. Hey, every day, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful to God. He's good. His mercy endures forever. And his truth, it endures to all generations. Now, I'd like you to close your eyes right now. And this is something that that I often do in a service. And that is just give people an opportunity. An opportunity. There's no forcing. There's no pressure. It's just an opportunity. You can grow up in the United States of America and not know the gospel message about Jesus. You can grow up in America and not really know God's plan of how we can get into a right relationship with Him. Okay? That was living proof for me. I grew up and I didn't know any of that stuff till later on. But Jesus did die for your sins. He died for your sins. And God raised Jesus back to life again. And He made this promise. If you will turn from living your life without God and doing your own thing, going your own way, going your own route, if you will turn from that and turn back to God and confess to Him that you have sinned, that you do need Jesus as your Savior. The promise is God will forgive you. And He will actually come into your life. By His Holy Spirit, He will actually come into your life. You will be born again into the kingdom of God, spiritually made alive. And you will walk with God. Instead of being spiritually dead, you're now spiritually alive. And you will walk with God in this life. That's what the Lord wants. He offers it. doesn't force it, but He offers it. Jesus died for your sins. He wants to forgive you. So, I just want to give you this opportunity today. If this is something that maybe it's new to you, or you have heard it before, and God's been kind of working on your heart, would you say today, you know, I'm going to make that decision. I am going to give my life to God. 
I need Jesus as my Savior. I want Him in my life. I want to walk with God. If you would say, I really want to do that, then raise your hand. 